Life is like an incessant series of problems, all so difficult, with brutal choices and a time limit. The single worst thing we can do is to make no choice while we're waiting for the answer to come to us. You must make the best decision in a split second. We are nothing like God. Not only are our powers limited, we sometimes are driven to become the devil himself. Welcome to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where one, two, three, four dudes in their 30s, I think, question mark, talk about anime. Yeah, you should have thought that out better. I didn't, I didn't think that out very well at all, but we're going to run with it. My name is Andy. We've got Bill here. What up? We've got Josh. Hey, hey, hey. And we've got a special guest. Hey, special guest, introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Jason from the New Blood Rising podcast, and yes, I am in my 30s. Yes, thank God. You know, the odds are hopefully in the right favor there, maybe, but you know, <laughs> that's good. Good to know. Good to know. Hey, Jason, welcome aboard. If you do not know anything about the New Blood Rising podcast, I'm going to allow you right now to tell our fans a little bit about that show. Great, thanks. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, I've been listening to the entire second season here as you guys review Trigun. Uh, but New Blood Rising podcast is yet another wrestling podcast. The only difference is, is we are a timeline-based podcast. So you can go back and listen to all our old episodes because it's not about current stuff that's happening. We'll make jokes and references to it, but it's not the crux of it. Um, the first season that we did, we started with the tail end of WCW. Uh, more as a... I guess, an experiment to see if it is or was as bad as everyone tells you to think it was, <laughs> which it was, but we enjoyed it a lot more than we thought. Then we went through with the continuation of that with the WCW invasion of the WWF in 2001, and we are currently about to wrap up our third season where we cover the entirety of ECW, which would include the original pay-per-views from the late 90s and the early 2000 to 2001, as well as the three pay-per-views that they had under the WWF flag. Nice. It's, it's cool you're doing hmm. the WWF stuff, too. Uh, I guess that technically is still ECW. I, I mean, it says the three letters, so I guess it counts, you know. <laughs> way to look at it. It's been something. I mean, luckily, we had a, a listener from our previous seasons reach out and send us um, the majority of the unedited original run ECW pay-per-view. So they're not on the network. So you get the original music where they were using like Pantera and stuff like that. And it really does add a, a whole personality to those shows. If you go back and have to watch it on the network and hear custom wrestler music, number four for someone's intro. <laughs> yeah, I guess I've never gone back to listen to ECW uh, or listen to watch ECW on the network to see any of those like kind of butchered changes. I wasn't even sure how much of ECW they had on the network, so that's pretty cool. Uh, what's your favorite of the three that you've done then? WCW, The Invasion, or ECW? Uh, that's kind of like asking someone who their favorite kid is. It's obviously <laughs> the firstborn. Um, so 
I'm a big fan of season one because I grew up watching WCW like in when I was a child when it was NWA and then turning to that and so going back and reliving the the bitter bitter end of it was a great highlight. I mean, this year has been fun because I didn't I don't like ECW as much as I remember liking it. I mean, I'm, there's a lot of things different about 37-year-old me than there were about 18-year-old me, which I'm sure has a lot to do with it. But it's it's been good. Like, on the one hand, it's a really neat kind of retrospect and, and introspect for me. And on the other, it's just uh, season one just really was my favorite as far as what we've done so far. Um, season four, I'm not going to lay anything out of what we're doing because we like to kind of keep it a surprise. But just always know that we we have a really, really good time. Yeah, you can definitely check them out as part of the Questionable Endeavor Network at questendnetwork.com. We love having you aboard as part of that. So thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I've got yeah, one thank more. thank you for coming. I've got one more question for you. Uh, sure. And before we get into some nerd news here, tell us about your history and uh, your thoughts on anime in general. I My history with anime is I remember being a poor, poor child going and spending $45 for a VHS with three episodes <laughs> of something on it. Or having to get up at like 5.30 on a Sunday morning to watch a animated program on local TV that didn't realize what they were showing and just thought it was a cartoon, so it must be a kid show. Uh, <laughs> I, like, I loved it. I've really, really fallen off of it um, in the last few years just because, I mean, there's, there's so much more of it now and so much more access. So it kind of it just it's just there. I could just go back to it whenever I want. But I worked at a comic book store from like off and on when I was 16 till about 21. So I, we would get a lot of fan subs of stuff. Like I remember watching a, a VHS taped episode of Cowboy Bebop from someone's Japanese TV with the commercials and just going, this is incredible. I wish I knew what they were saying and <laughs> getting the stuff. Um, I mean, I'm pretty much almost like everyone else in the boat. I started with Dragon Ball Z, the gateway drug of anime. So it's, yeah, it's pretty fair. And, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. moved into, moved into everything. I mean, it's like a, it's up there. Like I remember spending way too much money on wall scrolls and posters and, and art books and stuff like that. And just to one day go, I don't want this anymore. And I can only sell it for like a fourth of what I paid for it. Cause there's everywhere now. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's, that's awesome. We're, we're glad to have you aboard. Uh, do you have a favorite anime of all time? Anime of all time. I would probably have to say cowboy bebop. Good choice. Good man. It's short and sweet. And it's beautiful to look at. Absolutely. What do, what do you think about the remake that's that's on its way? <laughs> Cautiously optimistic. Mm. I think that's kind of what will... we're all thinking, right? Yeah, that's that's a general mm-hmm. consensus. Mm-hmm. We'll see how Netflix treats the live action Death Note, and then I think that will be a good go oh. in the water. Um, oh. oh, what is that shuddering? That sounds like oh. I am. Not, that. I I just do not enjoy Death Note in general. I tried to get into it, and then... Uh, Carry so around that... a Death Note backpack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was from, like, six years ago when I thought it was cool. And then I went, oh, wait. I'm tr- they're making me want to root for the bad guy, and I don't like it. Light Yagami's a big, dumb, doofus turd whistle. But he gets what's coming to him in the end. Spoiler alert. But <gasps> yeah, still... I, I oh, oh, no. Still... Bill, you're going to be spoiled on Death Note. <laughs> He's going to get a cake. <laughs> I, can, I can see. Yeah, it's true. He does get a big old death cake. That's the uh, third season. Um, but 
it came out like really started getting heavy at the time that Dexter was really popular and Breaking Bad was just getting started where TV was kind of telling us to root for the bad guy. And so it's neat that there happened to be an, an Japanese version of the same thing to be brought over. Like it. And also, let's face it, there will always be, and I write a name and I take a chip and I eat the chip. And it's so overly melodramatic. One of the most laughable scenes in anime ever is him talking about writing in the death note and eating a chip. It's stupid. <laughs> stupid. Like you've never cheered for heels. It's true. But- yeah, but they weren't pretentious douche nozzles like that light guy. You were a pretentious douche nozzle wrestler. But anyway, we heal. Heal. We digress. Yeah, no though. one cheered for me. Everyone cheered for me to get my ass kicked, which happened frequently. That's true. But anyway, I think it's about time that we get into some nerd news. Who wants to start? Anyone got something? Hey, Bill, you don't start very often. You got any nerd news? I don't. You don't? Because my nerd news is usually bad. Oh, okay, that's usually, usually true. 7-Eleven has Pepsi Fire Slushies now. Oh, God. Uh, this callback to a couple of episodes ago when we tried the Pepsi Fire live on the air. Uh, sorry, Pepsi Live, what'd I say? Pepsi, Pepsi Fire is what I meant to say. Uh, Pepsi Fire live on the air. How was drinking cinnamon but also frozen? That seems like a weird combination of, like, I don't know. It was good. I liked it. It was... Sort of the inverse of what we said about the Pepsi Fire. It was a lot more cinnamon and very, very light on the Pepsi. Really? Yeah, if you didn't tell me it was Pepsi Fire, I would just think it was a cinnamon Slurpee. Huh, that sounds really gross. I'm not going to lie. That sounds really disgusting. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Um, I also sprang for the extra dollar for the premium Slurpee uh, straw. Whoa, what is that? Do you have that with you? It's about the size of my pinky. And it's hard plastic, non-disposable. Oh, okay. And nice. I think it really works for a Slurpee. It's way too much effort to try to drink like water with it, but yeah, it works for something thick. No. <laughs> Which is not Josh's penis. Uh, speaking of Josh, your turn. What do you got for nerd? I'm sorry, I'm an ass tonight. Uh, Josh, what's your nerd news? I think I'll just defer to you. <laughs> Gee, thanks. Uh, all right. Uh, my nerd news has to do with E3. I'm not going to talk a lot about E3 because... I've, I've got some articles up on the network, quest10network.com, if you're interested in some of that. But I do want to touch upon a couple of very quick Nintendo things from E3. Uh, the number one thing that rocked the internet and Nintendo fanboys around the world was a eight-second trailer where they literally just had a sky, you know, a bit like, like an outer space sort of thing, and then they showed the number four and then Metroid Prime. Uh, yes, Nintendo is finally producing Metroid Prime 4, that they've been asking for a new Metroid game for years and years and years and not getting it. So uh, it looks like that's in development. I don't know when it'll be out. Probably not for a couple of years, but uh, probably before the Final Fantasy VII remake. So Nintendo fans can <laughs> rejoice. Also from E3 and Nintendo, uh, there was a small little thing during the Pokken tournament discussion stating that they are in... Right now, in development of a main series Pokemon game, RPG, for the Switch. Uh, which is why I talked about last week and how they, you know, kind of, sw- kind of like, kind of swerved us a bit. And they, you know, they said, well, we got this Pokemon Stars thing going on, but then they didn't announce anything like a mainline Pokemon game for, for Switch like people thought. So now they mention it here at E3. And then finally, lastly, a part of my nerd news, uh, is that, they got a lot more. They gave a lot more information on Super Mario Odyssey, 
And all I'm going to say, because I'm going to go into this more in an article later, is that Mario's hat that he has can be thrown at any enemy in the game, and you can take over that enemy. And you can become whatever it is. So if you see a bullet bill coming at you, you can throw your hat at it, and you can jump into the bullet bill and fly around. You see a Koopa? Throw the hat at it, jump into the Koopa, and you can run around, you know, as a turtle. Pretty freaking awesome. And they've shown a lot of gameplay, and I'm really looking forward to its release in October. Jason, are you? I know that you uh, said that you were watching some E3. Are you a fan of Nintendo? I used to be. Um, I'm one of those that kind of felt like Nintendo gave up on general gaming and kind of went with gimmicky gaming and focused on that. Um, the new Mario game does look fun mm-hmm. with the hat, um, being able to capture and possess people. And I like the idea of New Kong City. Yeah. Even though they're regular people. I figure if you're going to call it New Kong City, it would be a bunch of apes or something. But right. it, it did look weird. I mean, the... New Metroid game, because I was a Metroid fanboy, that looks good, but everyone's going to get excited about it and then get upset when it comes out and it's in 3D and doesn't meet their standards like the last one. <laughs> we'll see. I, I think, I really do think that that the new one will be good. They are actually, they, they announced a second um, Metroid title also. It's going to be for the 3DS, which which is going to be kind of interesting. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do. Uh, it is cool mm-hmm. that New Donk City, uh, the mayor of New Donk City is Pauline. And if you remember... Uh, Are you saying New Dong City? No, Donk. <laughs> it's New Donk. Okay. Like Donkey Donk- Kong. Okay. Uh, oh, I, I thought we said Kong City. I thought it was New yeah, Kong yeah, City. Yeah, that's what I thought you said too. It was New Kong City. And it's, so. it's New, New Donk, I believe, it is, what it, is what it actually uh. is called. Um, but uh, e- even not New Dong City. Oh, my God. Well, Bill's, got, <laughs> Bill's got a new name for his penis now. It's New Donk. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but the mayor is Pauline, and if you know your Nintendo, you know your video games, uh, that's a reference to uh, the original Donkey Kong game where Mario, or Jumpman at the time, had to save someone whose name was Pauline. It wasn't Peach, it was Pauline. So that's kind of a cool callback. That is pretty nifty. Well, you know, I guess while we're on the subject of E3, who doesn't want to play the new Spider-Man game? I definitely want to play it. I want to play I don't it. I about it. You should see the demo for it, Bill. You'll love it. It looks, Insomniac is releasing a Spider-Man game Looks very similar combat-wise to what they've done with some of the Arkham games, it looks like. Kind of similar engines where, like, Spider-Man will fight a person, he'll slow down with the Spider-Sense, and he can do reaction, you can use the environment to fight. It's all sorts of fun. And what I liked at the end of the demo was it showed a kid with a uh, camera phone recording the action. The guy's like, hey, Miles, come on. And you see him turn around, and it's supposed to be Miles Morales. So looks like maybe you'll get to play both as Peter Parker and Miles Morales. Fingers crossed. That would be awesome. I mean, it sounds yeah. fun. I would certainly play it. I mean, I love the Arkham games. And if a Spider-Man game can do that same stuff, I haven't touched a Spider-Man game since uh, Ultimate Spider-Man because it was such shit. <sighs> Didn't you buy that one, too? I, I bought the collector's edition. Oh, God. Oh, man. Ow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's face it. The, the Marvel games have not been that great. So with the exception of maybe versus Capcom, but I don't know. This one looks like it could be a really good uh, adaptation. I, I'm I'm eager to see what it's going to be like in 2018. Yeah. Everything that Sony put out was like 2018. Yeah. Um, the cool thing about the Spider-Man games that kind of go with the Arkham comparison is, you know, in Arkham, you get to beat the fuck out of people just as Batman. And then you also get to play detective, which is like one of the aspects a lot of 
Batman games don't focus on. Right. And in the Spider-Man game, you get to there seems to be a lot of focus on rescuing people too, mm-hmm. like you know, because that seems to be mo- something he does more than fight is always trying to save people. Because you know, you're in a city like New York, and there's a bunch of people throwing shit off buildings. There's potential for a lot of people getting killed, and that seemed to be a big focus of the demo too was saving people. That was like the whole end sequence was mm-hmm. oh, yeah. stuff falling on people while this helicopter is dragging a a wrecking ball through the rooftops of New York. Well, even just stopping the helicopter from falling on people at the very, very close of it was really, really cool. Yeah, it looked pretty. I mean, that's one thing is it looked really good. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, It kind of reminds me of the Spider-Man 2 for the PlayStation 2, uh, which is my favorite Spider-Man game of all time. Uh, There was a lot of swinging around and and stopping Mm -hmm. people and... uh, or st- stopping, stopping like thugs and saving people, and and this will take right. it to like I think the whole next, like a whole new level. Uh, with and Ultimate game. Spider-Man was the thing that came right after that game, and I thought, well, you know, that game was awesome. So, and I loved the Ultimate comics that I was reading at the time. Mm-hmm. So this has got to be awesome. It has to be. And for some reason, right. they took the physics engine and just just destroyed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, I believe I've heard Insomniac saying that they want an experience similar to Spider-Man Two. So that's one of the things that they're, that they're focusing on because everyone loved Spider-Man 2. So they've taken that engine to utilize for a um, newer game and doing more with it. So I just I'm, I'm excited for 2018. Anything else there, Josh? Or? Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, 2018. I, I marked out so bad. <laughs> I started screaming like out loud. The second remaster they've done, this is a complete amazing mm-hmm. it's done gorgeous from, from the bottom up like just redone mm-hmm. and it's just oh it looks so gorgeous i mean i've seen the original but i never got a chance to play it's it good. i kind of i i've heard nothing but wonderful stuff about it and, and i can't wait for that i also can't wait for monster hunter world in 2018 yeah sony as i'm going to write about i'm going to write an, a sony article here eventually sony kind of dropped the ball at e3 in my opinion um yeah didn't really didn't really do what they did last year. I mean, they came up with some interesting things, but I don't know. Just wasn't wasn't as engaging. Yeah. At least yeah. they didn't try to take ten minutes to sell you a Porsche. That is true. Like, fuck Xbox, fuck Microsoft. That pissed me off. What they they used part of their conference to? I didn't see the Xbox because I don't play they, Xbox. They they showed off the the new system, the Xbox One X, which is a stupid name by the way, and uh, they were showing off Forza. As their premier game to show off the the, of the console, they which do. is an awful game, by the way. Uh, looks look it looked bad. And then they brought a car on stage, one of the cars from the game, and and we're like talking about it, and it was just like, I don't care. Yeah, they spent as much time talking about the specs of the car as they did the specs of the new console. Yeah, way to, way to sell that, uh, Jason. You said you had some E three stuff you you might have wanted to talk about there. Yeah, I'm a, I want to be a good guest, and when you go to someone's house, you bring wine, so I figured I'd bring some nerd news, too. Nice. Um, oh, I got excited. Good. I thought maybe you brought wine. <laughs> well, that would have been awesome. You were getting me all excited talking about a cinnamon beverage. I was like, mm, is it Fireball? But uh, it's gross Pepsi. Um, <laughs> one of the cool things that was announced that we'll, we'll go great with this show is the uh, DB Fighter Z game, which looks amazing because it's a 2D Dragon Ball Z fighter. It's done by the same people that do the Guilty Gear series, and it's a three-on-three tagging and out, like classic Marvel vs. Capcom. There's some really good gameplay videos of it that look fantastic. I mean, like the big, huge super moves take up the entire screen like they should 
the only thing I think it's missing is like you can hit a button and cause a two episode flashback of something. <laughs> um, <laughs> but just like everything else is coming, it's just targeted for early 2018. So, you know, that's something to look forward to. And then some non-video game, but super de-duper nerd news for anybody in their 30s. The intro to the new DuckTales series was released today. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Oh. It, it's really good. I mean, like, it's it's like a nice poppy-sounding version, but it's the same lyrics, the same beat. The intro nice. looks good. The animation kind of looks like it's a moving version of the comic from the old DuckTales and Donald Duck card uh, comic books from years ago. The voice cast is tremendous um, with David Tennant from Doctor Who and Jessica Jones as Scrooge McDuck. Yes! I mean, you know, the dude who wrote and was like the star of Hamilton is going to be Gizmo Duck. Um, nice. Yeah, like a lot of stand-up comedians I like have been announced as like big parts and all the different rich ducks in Duckburg. This time they're going to kind of make it more fleshed out word. I'm hoping that it's very successful because then it will lead to the greatest reboot in the history of reboots so we can get a Darkwing Duck reboot, yeah. for God's oh, sake. I wish. Oh, um, man, yes. So if anyone ever does a Darkwing Duck podcast, give me a call. Um <laughs> I would, I will do every episode of that for free. Um, but yeah, I mean, like that's that's really it. I just saw that today. I watched it all, and I was like, that'll be something really cool to to let people know, if, just in case there's a few people that haven't got a chance to watch it. Yeah, was that is that debuting on Netflix? No, it's going to be a Disney XD. They're going to have okay. a TV movie on August 12th, and then the series because that was part of the thing that popped up at the end of the intro. The actual series is going to start on September 23rd. Hmm. Interesting, Nifty. Interesting. I, I think that'll be very, very good. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm very much looking forward to that. All right, so it is our review of episode 23 of Trigon this week. It's Paradise, and I do believe it is Josh's turn. Well, we open to a flashback and a bang. Maybe a flashbang? And boo. No. <laughs> All right. We see, a, we see a young seven-year-old senpai with a gun standing over a dead man who has described by the uh, audio monologue of senpai himself as his piece of trash known as a guardian. Ah, the memories of back when I was seven. I remember how many people I killed. Mm-hmm. <sighs> good times. Good times. Right. Yeah. I would actually watch a show called gun kid. <laughs> of course you uh, would. There, there is a series called gunslinger girl, which is about, uh, uh, assassin girls that are like eight, nine, ten years old, like Cosette, like like hardcore assassins, like Cosette from Excelsior. That sounds like that would get creepy. But we do see that Wolfwood is going to be trained by a man by the name of Chapel. Um, and also, what I like to like is when they show him uh, being introduced to Chapel. There's an old man with Kuranekasama on his lap. I missed that. Do they actually call yeah. him Chapel? Because I don't think I ever heard Chapel's name the entire episode. You don't get, you don't actually hear Chapel. The end. Okay. He does Mm -hmm. say it in the episode, but not this soon. Okay. He says that uh, at one point where he's talking to Wolfwood, he says that you'll inherit my title as as Chapel. The the Chapel of the Guns. Uh, Okay. Just anything from anybody who watches a lot of TV, it's taught us that, you know, some bad shit's going down if an episode randomly starts with a flashback of someone all of the sudden. Right. Yeah, yeah, that means something bad's going to happen to that character more than likely. Shh. No. no. That doesn't mean just means something's down. It doesn't mean anything bad. <clears throat> well, we'll find so, out. 
So we do get to see uh, young Wolfwood training with a gun and eventually does this really cool transition from one of the bullet holes of young, young Wolfwood to uh, the senpai we all know and love. We learn that he sets up the orphanage because he doesn't want the uh, children to have the same fucked up childhood as he did. And he considers it the more gratifying work than his work as a chapel, as it were, where we cut to another mon- montage of him gunning down people and having gunfights. His work as a chapel. He's, he's, his, he's a building. Chaplain? Uh, we're, Is that what you're going given, for? Yes. Uh, we're given one last image and, and Wolfwood uh, lamenting over the fact that there's no place worse than the planet that they're on. Title card, Paradise. There's a really cool speech uh, at the beginning here uh, during the discussion where he's talking about, you know, where the Sky Chapel is talking and he talks about life. And I I won't read the whole thing. I'll read just a little bit of it. But uh, what's interesting is, uh, you know, it's just it kind of sets the mood. You know, he says, you know, we're nothing like God. Our power is limited. We're sometimes driven to become into becoming the devil himself. Uh, And I'm probably going to put that whole spiel at the beginning of the episode just because it was really cool. It's very good stuff. So we cut to an abandoned town where we see Vash standing up at the uh, monument that has Knives' name written on it. And in a random moment, he decides to dot the eye with his gun. <laughs> that was pretty cool. It scares the shit out of Meryl, by the way. Right. Then we cut to Senpai working on a motorcycle, at which point he's met by Chapel the Evergreen, voiced by Don Warren. Not Don Nuts? Nope, not Don Knotts. <laughs> oh my god, this would have taken on a whole new world if it was Don Knotts. As, well, sometimes you might turn into the devil himself. Just, oh my god. Why are there so many apples? <laughs> Thomases. Why are there so right. many Thomases? <laughs> Chapel informs uh, Wolfwood that he must now kill Vash despite having a previous mission set out by Knives, which Wolfwood says that his mission from Knives was to protect Vash the entire time. Chapel does say that now he is a member of the gung-ho guns and that he has to carry out the mission. Outside of town, we see a dude with a comically huge gun setting up, getting into a a huge sniping position. And here's something I wanted to uh, just pause really quick and, and take note of. There is very little dialogue going on right now. Yeah, there isn't a lot. I think it's a strong part of the episode. It does a lot of visual storytelling. Yeah, no, I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of that in this episode. Uh, a lot of mm-hmm. action, a lot of a lot of visuals. There's some really cool decisions, artistic wise. Like later on, there's a scene that they you know we're talk about that has some really unique use of color. So yeah, no, there's there's a lot visually that I think that goes into this episode. I think it's one of the ones that they wanted to spend a little more time and money on overall. Mm-hmm. That's very significant. So we cut to uh, Wolfwood uh, walking through town uh, at dusk, and he finds Vash. But instead of saying anything or even acting on his new orders, he just heads into into the house or the room that he's in. And this is a scene where we get the really cool shadowed effect. Like we get like a, mm-hmm. a kind of a red tint over the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get that sort of the kind of establishing shot with a deeper red, and then they kind of pan back, and we have this sort of interaction. And there's a kind of a a red sort of tint or color, but not as deep. And it's just, it's kind of some cool use of color here. Once again, visual storytelling. You, you see that they, they, they see each other, they kind of acknowledge each other, but they both have very pensive expressions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both, it's obvious that at 
least from Vash's perspective, it's still a lot of hurt feeling about what happened with Zazie. For Wolfwood, he's probably wrestling with what he has to do now. And it's it's a really great moment where not a single word of dialogue is spoken, but you kind of get that feeling that this is what's going on between them. Yeah, there's a lot with it being quiet. It's like both the, the Vash and Wolfwood, the two main characters in this episode, are in their heads. They're in their own heads a lot, where Vash reflecting on you know wolfwood killing zazi and then you cut to wolfwood and wolfwood's more worried about what millie's thinking about it and mm-hmm. bash is sitting around moping and wolfwood's kind of being proactive he's trying to fix the bike it's like he feels like he needs to leave a lot of conflict of this is how this person's dealing with they're wanting to take someone's guilt and this is how someone else is processing their guilt absolutely yeah that's really good uh what were you going to say andrew i was going to say i want to go back to the the scene in the desert with uh, kane the long shot couple of things I want to talk about. Number one, and this is maybe a question for Bill, that's that sniper rifle. Yeah. That wouldn't work at all, right? Uh, I'm not going to say, yeah, no, it wouldn't. Okay. I I didn't think so. It was just comically large. I I looked at that. I'm like, this is... The comically large part's not what I would say wouldn't work, I don't think. Isn't it like kind of curved, too? Like, it looks curved. Yeah, the the whole telescopic part of it is probably where you're... How many guns that are flexible have you heard of? Right. Well... I mean that that absurd uh, rifling. I mean, it would really wouldn't work having having that be like a hundred yards long, right? I mean, it wouldn't focus any more ener- energy yeah, any like, more so than it would. For one, rifling is the like spiral pattern that's carved inside yeah. of a gun. So that okay. I mean, obviously, long guns are long guns for a reason. They're a little more accurate. Mm-hmm. So I suppose that's the logic. It's demon powered. Just, just, yeah, just no, no. It's pure <laughs> fantasy. It's cool, but it's pure fantasy. Quick to point out that Kane is actually a creation of the anime itself. Uh, he is yeah. not in in the manga um, at all. There, I think there was a different character. Yeah, there was, and it's it's interesting. I wanted to talk just really quick about his design. I thought his design was really unique. You have mm-hmm. this sort of like iron mask sort of look. You got like the one eye that is like super wide open, like always observant, but the other one is like kind of closed off to give you that idea, like. You know, he is, you know, very, you know, very kind of tuned in, very observant, very like kind of pay attention, like, you know, like a sniper would. And it's just, it's just kind of a really creepy overall sort of visual look that you get for this guy. See, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. Okay. Why do you say that? I think he's fairly on the nose, obvious generic. He's just got the big wide flat brimmed brown hat. It's tattered and just a basic metal kind of face mask and it's poncho and I don't know. He just screams obvious Western bad guy. I think he looks all right for a guy who's going to get a total of 40 seconds of screen time. Right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. So what you're saying is that his look screams throw away. Yeah. I, I I can definitely jump in there and can't disagree with that. Honestly, what we can agree on is Billy. Yep, um, Millie shows up at uh, Wolfwood's place to uh, offer to give him some sandwiches, spend some time with him, and, um, well, Senpai begins questioning the whole Zazie situation. He he starts grilling Millie on, you know, what, what she would have done if what he did was wrong. I mean, just really starting to question what happened. This results in him breaking down and ultimately asks Millie to stay with him because he's just, it's obvious that what has happened, what happened with Zazie, even more so than just Vash's, Vash Merrill and, and Millie's disapproval of it, 
it's the whole action of it. It's it's weighing on him so heavily that he breaks. Mm-hmm. It's it's an interesting scene. Um, it's one of my favorite scenes from this episode. I have mentioned how much I love the Millie slash Wolfwood relationship as it kind mm-hmm. of like you know unfolds throughout the anime, and you know the fact that here she is showing up when no one else wanted to be around him you know, could could stand to be around him. And he's like, how the hell could you be here? You know, like, why, why would you come here? You know, you Mm -hmm. do realize what I've done. Uh, You know, he's continuously beating himself up over the decision that he had to make uh, and kind of seeing the response. But Millie is, you know, shows up and, you know, brings sandwiches and and does all these nice things and makes some coffee. And it's just kind of a sweet moment. And one of the things I wanted to also point out was he was espousing essentially on what Chapel was uh, getting on him about, about, hesitating um he he made us a, a flash decision and chapel evergreen did tell him that um if he hesitated he was dead mm-hmm. so it kind of shows you also maybe where vash was or not vash where wolfwood was thinking when he shot zazi it wasn't just a you know he's gonna he's gonna take him out he was if i hesitate they'll die what i also find interesting in this scene is eating sandwiches a euphemism? He's like, will you stay and eat sandwiches with me? Because, like, in the later scene... Right. Eh, we'll get to that. We'll get, we'll to, get that. to that. I don't know. It seemed very euphemistic. So, I, just, I think there was some Spanish fly in that mayonnaise, man. <laughs> there must have been. <laughs> oh, si, senor. But uh, it, on a serious note with this scene, this is, like, you're exposing, it's a very heavy scene. It's all. I think he's also trying to get her to call him a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Like to to get on him because Vash is he and Vash just disagree, but no one's actually getting on his case. And he want right, I think absolutely. he's he feels tremendously guilty. We're going back to the comment where he saw Vash and he said Vash is carrying a look like he's the one who killed the kid, mm-hmm. and he's wanting just someone to tell him that he should feel guilty because he's come like the point of his flashback is this guy's told him his whole life it's kill or be killed, and so he's done what he's been essentially trained to do his entire life. And it's the first time I think he's ever had regret about it. Really well said. He's trying to pull it out, and then he uses it to get a little something. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he, he, get, he gets a little sympathy sex. Sympathy sandwiches. S- sim- yeah, sympathy Sandwich. sandwiches. There's our title. Uh, so <laughs> that is a great title, actually. I what I what I also find interesting, and I I wonder, like I don't remember because again I'm rewatching this, and, and I don't remember everything that happens by the end. Do we ever get like any indication that like? Millie's gonna have his kid and can like bring the legacy on. I'd, that'd be so cool. I'm gonna you write mean that, that she's gonna have the sex tuplets after all. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna write that fanfic. <laughs> uh, we do a quick cut to show uh, Meryl staying up. She's uh, worried that uh, Millie hasn't shown back up yet. It's been super late. And we also see Vash uh, lying in bed, and he's beginning to doubt that he's doubting what's going on. He's trying to figure out. How best to help Senpai? He even once again reaches out to his memories of Rem to try to, I think, save him because it's it's obvious that yeah, he hated what he did. Vash seems almost responsible. Seems to be responsible for Wolfwood. Would you agree? Here's what I'm going to say about this scene. I think you're wrong. Um, I think you're right. Wait, I think you're right, but you're wrong. You're absolutely right on your your assertion there about how Vash feels about Wolfwood. But in this, because you're talking about the short scene where like we go back to like you know vash is laying in bed right this is the scene we're talking right. about yeah when it's he says when he says and he ponders what he should do what he should say to him i think he's talking about knives hmm. 
Cause like, really? cause, cause you think about it, like he's spending the entire episode staring at the at the statue with Knives' name on it, and yeah, this thing is with Wolfwood is going on, but for the most part, Wolfwood is off doing whatever, and you know he does still have this Wolfwood going through his head, but I think right now Vash is on a, is kind of a one track mind. Even when, but when before we get to the the, the face off between Vash and Wolfwood, he's still staring. At this sort of at this at this kind of statue. So I think when he says, you know, what she should say to him, he's still thinking about knives because we get to the very end near near the end of the episode, and Wolfwood mm-hmm. reveals mm-hmm. and says knives na- uh, knives name. He is all like, well, how do you know that? And you know, he doesn't know whether Spoiler. he wants. Well, he said he doesn't know whether he wants revenge <laughs> on him or not. He says that like I don't right. know if I want to get yeah. revenge. So I think he's talking about knives. You think Vash is too wrapped up in his own shit to? Do anything for Wolfwood? I don't necessarily think it's he wouldn't do anything for Wolfwood. I think that he doesn't think to do anything. Yeah, for Wolfwood. I, I, he doesn't think that there's wrapped an, up in his own shit. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe if anything, he thinks there's probably not an issue. Like he knows that like the thing with Wolfwood is sad and depressing because like when we get the scene later when they have that confrontation, Vash goes back to his one sidedness and he says. Well, you know, there we probably could have come up with a way instead of trying to be nice to Wolfwood and, and and like kind of see it from his way. He's like, you know, yeah, we could have found a way to not kill him, and then Wolfwood gets all pissed off about it. Bash is very unlikable in this episode. It's true to me, anyway. I would agree because like here, you know, doing it's it's a lot of comparison for me because I hadn't watched this episode in years, but you know, now being older, I'm like, okay, so Wolfwood goes to be alone, but someone comes to him. You know, it's Millie, and so he asks for comfort. And then you go back, and here's Vash alone in a dark room, laying in a bed, ba- basically with the blanket over his head, crying to a dead girl. Whereas Wolfwood's seeking comfort and acknowledgement and advice from the living, where Vash is doing it from a memory. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's it's kind of being a selfish little Lincoln Park cutter, um, <laughs> I guess is a, is, is a way to put it. Uh, you wow. know, I mean, they, there was no scene with, like, Meryl going to trying to go to Vash or something and him chasing her away. So we can't, I'm not going to apply anything mm-hmm. there, but mm-hmm. like it's, it is like, I think he's sitting there. He's too, he's very focused on, on knives. I'm, I'm with Bill where that's what he's thinking about. And, but he's so focused on it that he's not gonna, he's not even trying to empathize with his friend who really, he if you think about it, like owes, he owes him his life. I mean, yes, Vash right. is, Seems to be a bullet sponge and can handle a lot, but there's no telling what could have happened in that moment because it might not have been Vash. It might have been one of the girls or even one of just other faceless kids. Mm-hmm. Someone would have died, and instead of it being an innocent person, it was someone who deserved it. I mean, Zazie had the the gun right in Meryl's face. That, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. You yeah. know, instead of instead of like you know trying to like he was trying to like defuse the situation in that episode the last episode but at the same time it's like the gun is in her face you're putting a lot of belief in yourself here that you can handle this when someone's life is on the line mm-hmm. so uh we do cut to one more image um back at uh wolfwood's room we see uh millie sleeping wrapped up in in the sheets and uh Wolfwood at the foot of, of the bed, smoking a cigarette, kind of staring out the window. It looks very deep in thought. Yeah, he just like, he, he just scored. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was post-sex thinking. I think that's more. What am I going to do next? Because wow. it's once again. I mean, look at his, ex- his expression. He's not sitting there like, "Woohoo! I just had sex." <laughs> no, he's 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 more sitting there like. He's not looking for a sandwich with some Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
My electrolytes are low, Millie. Hand me that bottle of Gatorade. Oh, <laughs> Bill, I've learned too much about you today. Oh, he's, he's he, but he's very pensive, and he's. I think he's thinking of what's going to happen next. So the next morning, we see that Bash is looks like he's trying to sneak away while everyone's sleeping, and uh, Wolfwood meets him outside, and well, he talks to him, and then decides to challenge him uh, to a duel, saying that hey. We've got unfinished business from that quick draw competition. He Call senpai back. busts out. Yep, senpai busts out the uh, the Punisher cross. He holds it ready at Vash, and you know he wants to conclude their duel. And he's about to break card. <laughs> oh, actually, there's one thing before the break card. Before we officially break card, uh, the only catch. Uh, oh, he break card blocked you. I, I did break card block you. <laughs> Fuck you! No, no, no! I said the words. The music needs to hit. Break card. No, because I do the editing. Uh, so you don't. You have no Thirk. power here. Third, uh, <laughs> I invoke your power of editing. Third, <laughs> he's not editing this one. I'm going to do this one because it's really easy. Uh, so <laughs> Wolfwood, you know, says that you know Vash needs to die, and Vash Vash says sure. And this is, I think, goes back to exactly what you said, Jason. Like this, like he's not very likable. Here he says, yeah, sure, I'll die, but you have to promise to never shoot anyone ever again. And it's just, it just comes off kind of, and it comes off snarky to me. I don't know. That promise is laid out. Break card. The break card. Welcome to the break card. My name is Andy. And once again, thank you so much for joining us here on Tuning Japanese. We really appreciate your continued support of our show. If you haven't had a chance to go rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, take a second to do so. It really helps other people find our show. As you notice, this episode came out quite a bit earlier than usual. We fluctuate a little bit, but we try to release new episodes every Tuesday. I'm going to be heading out on vacation here tomorrow morning, so I want to make sure that you guys got this and that I was going to be able to kind of send this out without having to do it on vacation. So our next episode is scheduled for June 27th, so you have a little bit of wait time between this one and the next actual release, um, unless Ray and I decide to record an episode of Pokemon Generations and release that on the main feed as kind of a bonus episode to give you a little bit of extra content. I want to thank Jason from the New Blood Rising podcast. He was a great, wonderful guest. We had so much fun having him on here. We were doing this as a way to cross-promote for the network and our one-year anniversary of the Questionable Endeavor Network. For more information, check out questendnetwork.com and check out the New Blood Rising podcast while you're there. Give them a listen. They do some really great work. I'll end with one final thing. Make sure you go to our Discord. That can be found now at questendnetwork.com slash Discord. Discord is a chat program, and you can chat with us, the hosts of Tuning Japanese, the hosts of the other podcasts, and other fans on there. Join the fun. It's free, and they even have a app that you can get on either the Android or the Apple stores. That's all I got. I'll leave you with a quick commercial from the network, and then we'll get back to our review. Do you like scary stories? If so, then listen to the Shadowvane Podcast, where you'll find original radio drama series and classic tales of terror brought to life with fantastic voice acting and eerie music and sound effects. For more information on our first full series, Progenics Labs, or our current story, 1692 The Risen, visit shadowvane.net or listen to us on the Questionable Endeavor Network.
listen in the dark, if you dare. Just <laughs> no, because I read the show, I get to decide when it's gonna happen. <laughs> oh, hey, we're back. <laughs> so we get Senpai arguing with Vash uh, about any uh, alternatives when it comes to the Zazie situation. He's actually got the Punisher cross on him. He's pissed because Vash is once again, as you guys spoke about earlier, said, "Well, maybe there would have been another way around this situation." When Vash actually has no answers, when Wolfwood starts asking him what the other alternatives were, Wolfwood changes his questioning about knives, and he asks Vash what he's going to do when he finds knives. Of course, Vash then alludes to Rem, saying that knives took someone very special away from him. Wolfwood immediately thinks he's out for revenge, and he's just like, Vash just goes, I don't know, like a kid caught in the candy jar. What are you going to do with that? I don't know. I want to note something really important here that I don't know if you mm-hmm. guys picked up on, and it's a, it's another example of bad dubbing and continuity. And it's the they have this long talk about knives, and it's very apparent that they're talking about knives. Vash has been staring at this thing that says knives, right? It's very right. clear. <laughs> there is a moment later on in this episode, right before the last kind of really sad moment we'll get to eventually where it was the last conversation that, that Wolfwood and Vash have in this episode. And Vash goes, I never told you about knives. <laughs> right, yeah. I don't yeah, know that... I don't know if it's continuity stuff. I'm just more reading that Vash is caught up in his shit right now, and he's not yeah. thinking clearly. Maybe, maybe. I, that might be a I way to I have to go with, talk yeah, about, I'm yeah. with Jason on that one, because even uh, Wolfwood said uh, previously, when he first finds Vash, he does say, that uh, there was a, a a word written. It was a man's name, knives. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seemed like a really glaring error to me. Seemingly satisfied with uh, Vash's answer, or maybe just so frustrated that he doesn't want to kill him, Senpai drops, lowers the gun, and he, he makes the statement. He goes, "Man, you are the kind of guy that that just loves pissing me off." Yeah, or you, something. He says, "He says you're really an expert at pissing me off." It's a great line. Hey. And then a gunshot, and Senpai blocks a shot at Vash's head with the Punisher, which is pretty cool. Pretty awesome. Think about it. Pretty amazing. It is. As the gunshots are firing, uh, Senpai and Vash uh, t- go off and hide. Senpai tells Vash that he should go after Kane while he takes care of Chapel. And they split. Vash is... And now a, a moment of uh, dialogue that makes absolutely no fucking sense. Okay. Wolfwood asks Vash what his actual name is. Uh-huh. Makes no fucking sense. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, we've got we've got a few moments of flaps here. We need something. Uh, uh, well, all I've ever known you was the, was the Stampede. What's your real name? It's irrelevant. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Between you and me, my name is irrelevant, which is a weird name. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was again. A... Maybe that's a Mongo thing. Maybe, maybe. I, I mean, you guys don't ask who you're fighting with before you potentially go off to die. You know, it's like, oh, who's what's your screen name? Oh, I'm X Gamer XXXY. Well, what's your real name? Barry. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> maybe he wants to know what what he's possibly going to fight and die for. I mean, that's kind of what I took it. And Vash is like, well, they kind of make a joke about it being a. Uh, a trope in westerns for someone to learn someone's name and then they die and then he just so vash refuses to tell him so that way wolfwood won't die 
I like that. I like well, the idea. Fair of the enough. Trope. That's wow, that's impressive. I like that. Yeah, I, I can like see that. that. I'm trying to defend this damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love how While Vash the fight t- is breaking out. I, I love one last thing before you get back to it. I just love how Vash jumps in the car and, and the car immediately drives away. Like there's no turning the car on. There's no room. <laughs> it was pretty great. Yeah. While the fighting erupts, Meryl finds Millie in Wolfwood's room. And uh, Millie's kind of curled up on the bed, uh, holding her her ears, not listening to the carnage going on outside. And she says, I have to stay right here. He told me to stay here until he came back, comes back and I'm not leaving, which is wow. That is some heavy duty shit right there. It it was ridiculously sad. Like it just watching that again and hearing her say that made me it gave me all the feels and. Oh, just so sad. I just love this relationship and it's just, it's so tragic. And I, I am sorry. I do apologize. I should have, I, I jumped a little fat ahead. Uh, Wolfwood goes to confront uh, Chapel and uh, Chapel once again, is like, well, why didn't you complete the mission? And Wolfwood's like, fuck you. Pulls his Punisher cross up. Chapel's Punisher, which is really interesting. Awesome. Blitz into two separate machine, large machine guns. Mm-hmm. Which is a really nifty design. Really, really cool. I think there and is then a th- design flaw in that you have to bounce off the ground to activate it, though. <laughs> yeah, probably. That is, that is pretty, yeah. Seems a pretty intentional flaw right there. So we cut to Vash driving out into the desert looking for Kane. And we cut back to Senpai fighting Chapel. It's pretty much cut and dry, but some of the act- this action sequence is pretty awesome. It's you see, uh, like, uh, uh, senpai is flushed is uh, flushed uh, being pretty much uh, rushed down a, an alleyway while being shot upon by chapel. He switches to the uh, rocket launcher configuration, shoots chapel and it rains coffins. All I can think of what he said, <laughs> all, all I can think of what he said flushed was senpai go down the hole. <laughs> That's the episode title right there. I, I the, the coffin rain was really cool. That's how, how it works. I have no idea. But it he was... shot a coffin factory. <laughs> and he's in, Chapel's in one of them. That's yeah, just what yeah, cracks yeah. me up is he just opens one up and casually gets out. He's like, oh, don't shoot at me while I'm getting out of this coffin. That's such an Undertaker <laughs> thing right there. And like Wolfwood's like right? surprised by this tactic. This is the guy that trained him. I, you would think he would know his dirty tricks. He's like, oh my God, you just came out of a coffin. Oh my God, I've never known you my entire life. <laughs> Wait, man, you never heard of the, there are 42 ways to kill a man. I'll teach you 41 in case I must use the last one on you one day. Oh, fair enough, right, fair enough. Right, yeah. I yeah or, the fat one. I, w- I was thinking the, uh, I taught you everything you know, but not everything I know. Oh. But it's still, it's really cool. Uh, but we do, uh, finally, Vash does make his way to uh, to Kane, very cleverly distracting Kane by uh, driving the, uh, having the truck, car be driven by no one at all kane takes a shot and vash how was it that he figured out he had to figure out uh, said, the time lag yeah he, between... said, he said he was able to measure the lag time between bullets in order to track him down which is just absolutely fucking ridiculous and vash and, and we actually get to see what's underneath the coat for the first time well we've, Chap- we, we've and seen leather shirt we've seen what's under the coat before Remember the one episode? Get down and bark like a dog. Well, I'm talking about his underclothing. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about his ass. Yeah. No. It's a nice ass. Don't get me wrong. I think it's cute. But, and actually that leather outfit is kind of hot in a, a pseudo BDSM sort of way. It's kind of bordering on that. And it, it, it kind of disturbs me, honestly, a little bit. It's <laughs> it's a little bizarre. Like, 
I don't know how functional that would be as an outfit. Is this our Pride Month episode? <laughs> yes. yes. Possibly. So Vash tries to talk Kane down. He's like, okay, you know what? You lost. Why don't you go home? It's hot out. You should get a drink of water, sit on the porch, watch some TV, read the newspaper, and Kane shoots himself. Yeah, that got dark super quick. <laughs> mm-hmm. And worse is what Vash has said on numerous occasions, that he does not abide suicide. And here we go. We see Kane taking his own life right, right in, in front, front of, of that. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty fucked. Now, I wonder if Knives trained him or put that in his head that, okay, here's your last resort. Freak him out by killing yourself. Probably true, Maybe. honestly. Maybe. I mean, Knives is kind of a stalker girlfriend uh, to Vash in a lot of ways. Which is odd because they're brothers. Kind of yeah. a Game of Thrones way. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Beautiful. So Wolfwood jumps into a tavern and he notices all the alcohol has been shattered on the floor. He realizes it's a trap when a chapel throws a lighted match down there, uh, set, sets the place on fire. Wolfwood, in true senpai fashion, blows a hole in the wall and gets blown out of the uh, tavern right in front of chapel, though. Not cool, senpai. Not cool. But senpai does get the upper hand and he takes down chapel. Non-lethally. I like to add, you know, Vash is in his head and he decides, no, I'm not going to kill him. I'm going to do what Vash told me to do. You know, maybe we can't, we can get away with not taking a life. And the irony here is going to be so apparent in just a couple of minutes. Because yeah, he, he chooses to not kill him. He essentially, what I find interesting is this whole, he defeats his mentor and he throws away his mentor's teaching to go with the teachings of a, of another man, mm-hmm. even go to so far as to finally get that apple. He does. A dick. Yeah, he, he takes the apple. And I like his line here because it's so much foreshadowing oh, when he says, I'm done. That's going to be it for me. Talking about, yeah. obviously, his whole like career and killing. But very prophetic. And words uh, he walks off with his back turned to Chapel. Never do that. Chapel seems to not be in control of his arm as he grabs his Punisher cross groaning in pain is that what's going he on the... mm-hmm. he's not controlling his arm no. he's like ah, ah. see the yeah. look the look on chapel's face is like what the fuck i can't do this don't make yeah. me do don't make me kill him he's like a son yeah i think where he's groaning in pain and part of it's he's he's not able to yell like he's trying to yell for wolfwood mm-hmm. to run or turn around and that's the much he can get out because he's being controlled is making that noise to get his attention, because he like he he really doesn't want to do what's about to happen. I guess and I just didn't we, pick up on that. I thought maybe he was just so injured from the from the fight that he wasn't gonna. He was trying to like last last ditch effort kill him. But no, I guess that's that's really good. I I'll have to rewatch that scene again. It's it's just kind of like when uh, they first introduced Legato and he gives that guy an arm boner. Oh, <laughs> yes. <And laughs> it is quasi alluded to. Well, not in quasi. It's directly alluded to in the beginning of the next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we'll get to that. But we do get that wide shot and shots fired. And um, we cut to later that day as uh, Vash is sitting by the car. Apparently he was able to fix it in no time flat. We do get before uh, that a very brief couple of uh, frame shot of Kane's gun and hat uh, and clothing that Vash had kind of set up. He, you know, kind of as, showing, a, as a marker. Yeah, he, he must have sat there and buried Kane. You know, this guy trying to kill me, he buried him and left a marker. Which, you know, that 
Sounds like Vash. Vash very would do something. So. We do cut to Vash being looking extremely down, very upset about uh, everything. And Wolfwood comes up to him. He's like, hey, so what happened? And Vash immediately is like, I couldn't. I couldn't save him. No matter what I tried, I, it just once again, it happened again. And Wolfwood changes his tune. It's not the usual him bitching him for not taking him out. It's more along the lines of try harder next time. Mm-hmm. You'll eventually get through to someone. And then right. he walks off. Last thing he says, though, is, oh, yeah. He says, Knives is in Dimitri. This finally strikes a chord in Vash and finally realizes, wait a minute, I've never mentioned Knives to you. And typical anime trope, the guy is gone. But Vash notices a trail of blood. And we cut to Senpai entering into a chapel. At which point, stands in front of the altar and kind of kneels down and he starts this beautiful monologue. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know um, I'm going to put this at the end of the episode. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. really well done. The The talking points are simply that he lived his life in a way that he didn't he didn't truly like, but he did it as best he could. He wants to find forgiveness for his actions, that he finally understands what Vash wants and he wants to live that peaceful life with Vash and the girls. And then he starts freaking out over the fact that he's that he's going to die. Yeah. And he doesn't want to. He keeps saying that he's um he's not he's not finished and he just he dies on his knees holding his cross. And I, I want to point out the symbolism of this whole of this whole scene here. And it's actually gonna go into a little bit of the, of the uh theological symbolism now uh people that that know about the 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 cross and and jesus on the cross jesus was crucified uh to save mankind for his sins and the cross can be viewed as a representation of him shouldering the sins of mankind especially through the stations of the cross where he's walking to uh, mount sinai wolfwood's cross he never lets it go and it's with him and i think it's that's a symbol of him shouldering all the burdens of what he has done and that he can't let go of it, no matter how hard he tries, he can't let go of the burdens that he's accumulated and, and his sins. It's an interesting thought. I like that. It, it's one of the best scenes, this entire scene here, his death scene, is one of the best ones, I think, from the entire anime. Uh, the speech is beautiful. You have that You have that symbolism, right? You've got that very heavy-handed symbolism. You've got... A, yeah, it's not subtle. There's like a really uh, weird version of Hallelujah playing in the background, even. You know, it's... Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I don't think it's the actual song Hallelujah. It's just a lot of like sung Hallelujah. Very slowly, very like melancholy. Kind of like Hallelujah chorus, really. Yeah, really, mm-hmm. honestly. And there's, there's a couple things that really stand out. Yeah, the, the ultimate death of him falling and kind of leaning against the cross, being propped up against it. Uh, his final words of, I did not want to die this way, you know, showing this, this idea of mortality. Uh, you know, because in, in the scene before when he's talking to Vash, you know, and he's like, well, that's just uh, that's just the way that, you know, we human beings have to live. And uh, Vash makes a comment. And he says, oh, yeah, mortal. Kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not mortal. You know, I'm not like you. Kind of showing that, that difference in, in the characters here. And the last thing I want to note about this scene, my favorite part, is that, you know, when we get the pan up the cross, um, you know, in the church, we see, you know, him talking about... His friends, you know, staying for Vash, staying for the girls. We see Vash and Meryl, and then the last person is Millie, like right there in the center, like the last image we see. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just absolutely beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's a truly sad, depressing ending. And the final scene we see is Vash and the girls 
after the news has been delivered of Wolfwood's death and Millie is broken. She is sobbing uncontrollably and that's where we end. Yep. That was, and that was episode 23 paradise. There you go. Next week's episode is sin 24. Bill, Jason thoughts on uh, the ending here. I didn't hear as much from you two about the ending scene here with Wolfwood. Uh, Go ahead, Jason. You're the guest. Oh, well, thank you, sir. This last scene, like, probably altered my life, and I'm not saying that in a funny, dramatic fashion. I'll, before we wrap up the episode, after everybody gets their bid in, I'll tell you a great story about what something that happened with this scene, um, which is part of why I reached out to you guys. So watching this scene, they're like, you know, you were cutting on onto it. There's a lot of symbolism. There's a lot of symbolism in what Wolfwood says. Because, uh, you know, you guys were, last episode, you were talking about how people keep using the term demon. Mm-hmm. A whole lot, and, and what is the demon? And, and the people in this on this planet seem to reference demons with people that are just violent and kill for no reason. And really, the demons are kind of associated with the gung ho guns. You remember earlier, Chapel told Wolfwood, "You're now a gung ho gun." And before he dies, like where he Wolfwood yells out, "I'm a man." I think he's kind of denouncing one. You know, even though it's just for himself about being a demon, and he's not a gung ho gun. He want and he says he's going to die. He's going to die a person. And not as one of these monsters. I like how he is ready to accept death. He's all about it until he starts thinking about Millie. And then there's something that he wants to live for. And that's when he starts fighting back. Mm-hmm. So I really, really like that a lot. Like this is, this is a, it's a great scene. Like it's really powerful. And if you weren't expecting it, it's like, it really just comes up and like kicks you right in the kidneys. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. Definitely. Yeah. Bill. I know. I mean, it is a great scene, of course. Uh, the criticism I could give is, just like we said, it is rather heavy-handed. I mean, not that it's necessarily bad, but, I mean, it's boom right there. Uh, the other thing I'm kind of struck by, and I never really thought of it before we talked, was Vash is kind of a shit this episode. And I don't know if that's because this is Wolfwood's episode to shine, you know, his swan song, so they kind of got to make him look better, maybe. Uh, not better, make Vash look worse so that you know he's the, the hero of it, the star of it. And then the other thing is, I kind of wonder if, if Vash didn't get him killed. You think so? Hmm. Well, the harshness that Vash was treating him with, the fact he had no compassion for him, really. He's only focused on his own. I never really thought of it, but Jason brought up, you know, Vash is kind of being a shit this episode. Mm-hmm. He's kind of focused on his own thing. Not worried about his friend, who's obviously hurting, even though he's disagreed with him. And then going kind of overcorrecting for it, Wolfwood tries to do the Vash thing without the Vash powers and pays for it. It's interesting. Yeah, it's like it's saying it's easy to turn the other cheek and take a bullet when you're not going to die from it. Like you can right. show mercy when there, you really don't have long-term consequences. Well, and when you have a brain of a supercomputer where you can bounce bullets around and make sure you never, you know, hurt anybody or not injure, uh, never kill anybody. But, you know, when you're just a mortal person who has to fight back with what you got. Well, I think there it would go a long way to say at the very least, though, he doesn't regret that this, that end decision. Fair enough. He he never once said, well, that was a shitty that I was wrong. Bash. Vash's way is is shit. No, he never said it. And I mean, he never said that Vash's way was the right way either, but he never regretted it. No, and I'm not saying he did, but I'm saying it, it is what got him killed. It's a character flaw. I mean, it's it's right. it's Vash's tragic flaw in this in the series is his inability to 
see the full picture and understand, uh, you know, like what he's doing to others. Yeah, absolutely. Which you would think he would he would be able to see because he is the humanoid typhoon, right? But it's like those people that get close to him, like he can't he can't understand. I don't know. He can't understand. Like, well, I always kind of wonder when I first heard about Trigun, we were talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a gunman who doesn't kill. And it was, I mean, right then you think, how's that going to be interesting? How is he going to be doing things? Yeah. And you learn. He has these superhuman powers. He's not a, a mortal. He's got a supercomputer brain and and the reflexes and super speed to match it. And that premise that makes it interesting is, yeah, it's exactly the thing that's turned on its head mm-hmm. to make it to be a flaw for him. Right. It'd be like so if Superman got- was encouraging people to jump out windows. Right. So, so, are you guys ready for the uh, the difference between Wolfwood's death in the series as it is as opposed to the manga? Uh, yes, I am. Okay. So, so, thank you. The the manga Wolfwood had a uh, confrontation with another chapel, but it wasn't Chapel the Ever- Evergreen. It was um, Raslo, also known as Lavalo, the tri the tri Punisher, who you find out in the course of the manga was an orphan of uh, Wolfwood's at the orphanage. He he was kind of, uh, he kind of looked up to Wolfwood. And the problem with uh, Raslo was that he had a split personality uh, known as Lavalo, which was psychotic. And so Wolfwood ended up taking him on in a fight and he didn't die from getting shot necessarily. He took a serum that gave him superhuman ability, speed, strength, reflexes. But he he took so much of it that his body gave out at the end. But ultimately, he defeated Lavalo, the the psychotic side of Raslo, and kind of freed him and, in effect, uh, did a whole act of redemption to save someone else. Okay. And, uh, and and throughout the rest of the uh, manga, Raslo would uh, essentially take Wolfwood's place with Vash and uh, carry on with him throughout the travels in the manga. Interesting. Um, in this instance, it was more Wolfwood's personal redemption, whereas in the manga, he was saving and redeeming someone else that was uh, going down the same path he was. That's interesting. And he was sparing them of that. Yeah. Huh. All right. Any any other thoughts on the ending before we get to our wrap-up discussion of the episode as a whole? All right. So what do we think well, of the episode? I know Jason had a story you wanted to tell. Is this where you want to do it? Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's it'll wrap up. So um, Go for it. When this original series was coming out and being released on DVDs and stuff back in the day, I would, uh, I was working at a fun park, and not as cool as you would think. It's one with go-karts and mini-golf and bumper boats and stuff. Um, and so I started casually dating a co-worker, and we had gone out about eight or nine times, and I thought it was time, hey, it's time for you to meet my friends. Um, and so we would get together whenever these dvds would come out and sit and watch them and i was like well it's kind of i think it's the last of this series so you're not gonna know what's going on so just don't keep asking questions because she was all like oh i want to watch i want to watch it so mind you we don't know what's coming up and this is the first episode on that last dvd <sighs> is paradise and all of us were very very like josh we were into wolfwood we when you'd go to gas stations and they'd have like donate a dollar and put this thing up we would sign all of them nicholas d wolfwood because they're always going for kids <laughs> we really really like this guy and so this episode is predominantly featuring him everything's kind of cool it's like this whole holy shit moment with oh no he was sent by knives what's going to happen and then the church scene happens and there's nine of us and this girl i'm dating so we're all 
fans of this guy. We've watched the show. We're emotionally invested, and this is a very emotional scene. Right. So there's a bunch of guys and girls sitting around weeping like their grandmother just died <laughs> over this cartoon character. So I turn to the girl, and I'm upset too, and I'm just like, man, she's got to be crying. She just says, I got to go. <laughs> and Whoa. She, and then, like, she quit. <laughs> we never, she never called me again. So that's why I was like, this episode could have, you know, who knows where I may have been now. It might have saved, you know, this might have been my bullet saver, but still, this is insane. <laughs> like, just, just how crazy this was. And, you know, going back and looking at it at the time, I was like, man, what a stupid bitch, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I mean, just, <laughs> just imagine how, like, just in her shoes, how weird that must have been. Right. Just like, like, you know, what are, are these guys getting ready to kill themselves? <laughs> 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 yeah. It was, it was, it was like, you know, the whole, a chill filled the room, you know, you're kind of jerking, Brian right. and, and, uh, the, my roommate's girlfriend, she got up and ran to the bathroom over dramatic, uh, like weeping and gnashing of teeth. I think she flailed herself. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but like, this girl was just like, you are not the guy for me. <laughs> go. So I like to think that she's got, since that was in 2001, that she's got like a 15-year-old kid who's watching this thing every day to remind her. God, I hope so. Oh, my God. That's a, that's a great story. That's, that's amazing. That's fantastic. Thank you. You know, if she was if she was that freaked out by crying over a cartoon character, she was probably not the right one anyway. That is true. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it's not like a oh no, what could have been? It just cracks me up. I was like, man, oh, absolutely. Right, right. That is pretty fun. All right. So, final thoughts right. on this episode, Josh. It was your episode, so you go first. This is my favorite episode of Trigun. Period. Not because it's Wolfwood, but because of how well it was done. The other episodes, the the last. Three episodes are fantastic, but this is my favorite of the entire series because it strikes a huge chord with me. Even watching it uh, yesterday for the first time in, in, a, in a while, I got choked up. On the second viewing when I was writing my notes, I got choked up when Wolfwood was dying because it was just like, holy fuck, oh my god. <laughs> you know, Everything that, that I've already talked about, amazing, amazing visual storytelling. You don't get that. Uh, very often and this episode was fantastic with it and i think you could watch the episode without having any audio and you would know exactly what's going on yeah i would agree just an, an amazing send-off for an amazing character i'm done <laughs> wow that's the shortest recap he's had apparently the more he likes it the less he talks bill well i i agree with pretty much everything josh said i don't know if it's my favorite episode i would have to sit down and think about it for a while but it's definitely a great episode um the only thing i can think of and i I understand why it was done is i wish kane was a little less of a wet fart of a character um i would have liked to seen vash have a showdown but again it wasn't vash's spotlight episode so i get why they just kind of threw together a bad guy for him to fight not fight really just somebody to get him out of town Right. Really, that's about all I have. That's I don't have anything more to add, really. I'll save uh, our guests for last. I'll just go real quick here. One of the things that, you know, now thinking more about Vash's character and Vash's role in this particular episode, I think it really does add a lot of, you know, going forward what we're going to see. Because, I mean, yeah, this is Wolfwood's last hurrah, so let's put the focus on Wolfwood. 
And then Wolfwood's death becomes the impetus that really is going to get into Vash's head going forward. You know, like he, he was so focused on knives, knives, knives this whole episode, not really thinking about what, you know, trying to block out as much of, you know, what, what just happened uh, as, as he could from the last episode. But now it's going to be like, you know, he may be thinking, you know, am I to blame for Wolfwood, Wolfwood's death? You know, and that's really going to mm-hmm. drive, I think, his character going forward. Uh, this is a definite top five episode for me. I don't know if it makes it exactly to the top, but it's it's damn near close if not. So uh, really good episode, really solid. Jason. Oh, thank you. Yeah, this I think this episode is is the peak of the show as far as storytelling. Like it, it's not going to get as emotionally high as this episode is. Just everything else, it's the it is the catalyst for the wrap up. It's like the what's gonna essentially just send Vash on his mission to go after knives. I mean, there's like a hiccup or two in the way, but like this is this is a great episode of a show to show someone that's like, oh well, anime's stupid. You know, it's all just ninjas or or go collect this toy or do this. You can sit down and show them this and be like, Well, look, you know, there's a lot of deep stuff going on here. Even, you know, like you see, you not necessarily have to watch. I don't think you have to watch the the previous episodes or even the one after. You can kind of just say, well, look, there's a, you know, there's a dramatic death. There's a lot of angst. There's a lot of emotional heartache. And this is really something to look to look forward to as an episode. It's it's my favorite of the sh- of the series. I mean, it has got a lot to do with that emotional impact. Life altering story aside, um, this is definitely high quality. and it would be one that I would recommend that you recommend to other people to enjoy and maybe get them into the show. There you go. All right. Well, said. all right. Uh, so that was episode 23 of Trigun paradise. Next week, we'll be back with episode 24 sin, uh, not the final fantasy villain. We'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll get there. Giant air whale of doom. <laughs> the, the cyborg for frisky dingo. Yes. This thing. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. Great. We, let's not get into the black hole that is Frisky Dingo references. Uh, before we go, Jason, I want to thank you so much for coming on here and give our fans one more kind of pitch for your show or where they can find you or your show on. Yes, whore yourself out. We're going we're gonna to give you the floor here. Where can they find you? Where can they find your show? All right, well, you can find me on the New Blood Rising podcast. We're on Podbean. If you search New Blood Rising podcast, you can also find us at Twitter at New Blood Pod or Facebook at New Blood Rising Podcast. Um, we are pretty happy with what we're doing. I would really like for anime fans to maybe listen, because there's a good bit of a crossover yeah. with wrestling and anime as far as the fandom. So just give it a shot. You know, as I said, you can go back and start from our early episodes. That way you're all caught up with our running jokes, like Disapproving Taker and Son of, of Will's great impressions. Um, in the, some of our movie reviews that we were trickling in throughout the earlier part of the show as well, but again, I really appreciate you guys having me on. This was a real, real hoot. I liked talking about a show that I haven't watched in over 10 years, and you guys got me back into it. So thank you for that. Absolutely welcome. Absolutely. Appreciate Very welcome. Having on here. Yeah, definitely go check out the New Blood Rising podcast, also a part of the Questionable Endeavor Network, questendnetwork.com. All right. So with that said, I think it's time to kind of pack this one away. Uh, thank you once again for listening to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where Four dudes this week in their 30s, confirmed, talk about anime. Uh, Once again, my name is Andy. I'm Josh. This is Bill. And I was Jason. There you go. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye.
Senpai. I feel like this is where I should make a frisky bingo joke. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Tuning Japanese is part of the Questionable Endeavor Network. For more information on other podcasts and articles, check out questnnetwork.com. While you're there, listen to more great podcasts like the Shadowbane Podcast, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Raw Attitude Podcast, Geek and Gamer Guild, the Slasher Sanitarium, Pwn Stars, New Blood Rising, and our newest show, Words of Geekdom. In spite of the profession I've chosen, I've never actually made a confession before. It's these times we live in. I did what it took to protect the children at any cost. That's how I always justified my actions. I took many people's lives. All that time believing there was no other way. My sins are so heavy. Too heavy. Too heavy to ever atone for. And yet, somehow I feel happy, at peace with myself today. It really can be done. Once you stop to think about it, there are plenty of ways to save everyone. Why didn't I ever listen to him? Why didn't I see that before it was too late? live somewhere where life is easier. Somewhere with nothing but peaceful days. Somewhere with no stealing. No killing. Eden. In Eden, I could live happily with him and the girls. I'm not ready yet. There's still so much left to be done. I want to stay with them. I don't want to die. Wait!